Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and today I have Ascribe Successes, Sonia Lewis with me. Sonia is a, um, well, she's a psychology and history um, educated master's degree. She's got teaching credentials. She's been doing all kinds of things with equity and helping um, the communities get up where some of the communities have not had a leg up. And so I I wanted to bring her on today for several reasons, but first I'm gonna let her introduce you to herself and tell you what makes her so passionate about the things that she's doing to create a new tomorrow. Absolutely, thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your platform and to share with your audience. I, um, you know, I consider myself a California kid Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, but I've also lived in Southern California. And so um, parts of me wants to claim the entire state, Um, but other parts of me, my roots of of where I found my identity was in Oakland, California, Um, which today when I go back to visit is a very different place than I grew up in. Um, And so that speaks to the changes that we've undergone as communities, especially urban enclaves. Um, that have been hit by gentrification and the push out. Um, But I grew up in the Bay Area during a time in the 70s and 80s um, where my mom was very active in her union. She was, I say, a quasi uh, Black Panther member. She says, I wasn't quite a member. I went to a few meetings and I volunteered, you know, a few times. And that's her humble, you know, reply. My father, when he um, got out of the Vietnam War, he was one of five black officers to integrate the Richmond Police Department. And each of those five gentlemen were within a two year period, 18 months to two years, um, they all were fired for one reason or another. And what we suspect is because there was a very deep rooted um, racist past within the Richmond Police Department, they were not ready for integration. And so my dad tells the story of being asked by his commanding officers to go into the Black Panther meetings and, you know, become an informant, literally like go in and and snitch on these meetings. And my father just wasn't willing to compromise what he knew about his community. And so much so, I I don't want to jump to the conclusion. I've asked him this over the years. I don't want to jump to the conclusion that he wasn't proud of of the job and the profession. He just knew his community. So much so that when he got off work, he never came into our community with his policeman's uniform on. He felt like it was the time was not right. And he didn't want to be that black officer, that token officer that would um, come in and, you know, just seemingly make it seem like it's okay. And so that's like my back background, right? Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some, some questions that you may not have been asked before. Okay. Some of the things that I want to talk about are talk, are, I'm going to talk about them in ways that may push the boundaries a little bit of, of thinking, but you're talking a lot about the history, right? So um, if I were to say in my judgment and opinion, we're way further behind than we should have been at the time, you know, from the time Martin Luther King started and we, we signed the civil rights bill, let's just say. So time-wise, in my opinion, in my judgment, we're way behind where we should be. So question, if 
the marginalized community were to take a step back and take 100% responsibility for the speed at which the change has made or not made place, what would you think are the biggest things that they would take responsibility for? Absolutely. I love this question. This is a conversation that my parents and I and and I try to bring in my children into these conversations so that we can have some inter, uh, intergenerational perspectives, right? And so from my, my parents' perspective, they grew up in that time area. They were the leaders and the adults during that time. It was to them a matter of having a semblance of you know, my, my mom would say we were given breadcrumbs and, you know, we, we took those crumbs and we started to form lives and, and feel like we were conforming to the safety of and being secure in the, the jobs that we were able to get and, and just being able to move into certain communities where you had not experienced being welcomed before. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate that response. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do in my personal life these days, especially is looking at my own personal responsibility for all the traumas that I've experienced in my life, all the places where, you know, somebody has victimized me or I've taken, my response has been to be the victim versus be the victor in a situation. And so I ask this because I feel like there's so much talk about the issues, the problems, the things, and not enough talk about the solutions and how we're going to be together and how we're going to move ourselves forward in general in life. Absolutely. And that's for every culture. But uh, in this case, in this judgment of we haven't, like, we're not where we should be by now, right? Um, in that context, it's like, so where can we take responsibility? So where can the the people who I would call the blissful ignorant, the people who don't know what they don't know, who are who are going through life feeling like they have friends who are multiracial, they have uh, love and experiences, and and they're blissfully ignorant to some of what's going on. What what is that responsibility? How do those people take a responsibility when they feel like they're being right now attacked for something that they don't feel is in their own hearts. Yeah. You know, it's a challenging perspective and placed position to be in. And, and I don't envy that position. But what I can tell you is that the work that I've been doing since, let's just use the earmarker of time um, in last, last May when George Floyd was murdered for the whole world to see, right? And so a lot of people who were in that blissful ignorance or um, Dr. King said woeful ignorance uh, and conscientious stupidity, um, those are literal, you, I, I, I get it. Like if I can put blinders on and I can just focus about my family going to the privilege and, and the, the benefit of the homes that I'm able to live and close the door and not have to focus on and worry about the things on that are going on um, outside of my home in the, in the world, um, I get the safety of that, right? I also get the fear in believing that just because you have made it and you've had the privilege and benefit of um, something that you didn't have control over. I, I tell people all the time as I do this work that you were not a slave and I was not a slave. You were not a slave master and I was not a slave, right? 
but the 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 reality still exists that there are benefits that you have from the slave master and there are things that I have taken from me because uh, I'm an ancestor of slavery. And so with that perspective, this isn't about blame and shame of individuals. This is about changing systems. And so when we think about it in the global sense of this system harmed people within this country, the question that I have for people is, are you okay with that? Because if you're okay with a system that harms people within this country, you are forgetting about humanity. Well, I, I think what, what the question was, was more about somebody who's blissfully ignorant, who doesn't know that they're being uh, any which way, that they right. feel like they're just being loving people. And now they're being told that they are bad, that they need to go within and, and find out that they're racist. You know, like this is the messaging that's coming across to people. And so you know, you and I are on different sides of the nation, right? Right. I'm in Florida. You're in California. We're in right. very different worlds. And so what I hear may be different from what you hear from the yeah. community around, around me, right? And so what I, I guess what I'm saying is all this canceling of people. I just saw a meme recently about Robert Downey Jr. who was in blackface for a movie. And now... They're saying, how dare you in the 80s have done that and yeah. you need to be canceled. I mean, yeah. this is this is part of, in my opinion, part of what holds back a movement, what holds back people from connecting with others from across cultural aisles or political aisles or any kind of aisles. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I 100% agree that there is this feeling of, of blame and shame, right? Um, so let me take that a step further. In thinking about, you know, I am a nice person and I am living my life and I didn't do this individually, specifically to anyone. And so why am I being blamed for? I, I, I'm, so I'm not hearing that in community, right? And maybe because we come from different backgrounds and we have different experiences, we hear, we, this is the thing that I, I try to lead with in some of my trainings is that five people can be in the same room, they witness the same thing, and all five of them will have a different perspective as to what took place. And so when I think about um, any time that we are having conversations about society and culture and how we want to shape norms and go forward and, and move the pendulum so that every feel, everyone feels like they belong, I think it's indicative of those who uh, have privilege to be able to sacrifice for those who don't have privilege. So let's say we go to, to Roman Empire, Ottoman Empire, all these empires that conquer people and then take over their land, enslave their people. This is like historically not uncommon in any religion, any culture, white people, black people, brown people, yellow people, they've all been enslaved. They've all had histories of being conquered, right? So let's, let's just say, where does reparations, right? Where does that go to where it creates equity and how far back do we need to go? Because if we need to go a thousand years back, 2000 years back, do we need to go 400 years back? Is it only one culture that gets to have the reparations of slavery or do the Chinese forgetting for going in the intern 
you know, the, the, the camps that we had in World War II. Um, so where does it go? Because here's my, my thing. I'm all about results. I want to know where, how we're going to get the best results the fastest. As a performance Absolutely. therapist, that's my goal in life is to get the best results. So I guess the question goes to, is that going to get the best results or is starting from here going to get the best results and saying, what do we want next? And how do we make that happen versus how do we punish the life of the past, right? So like I have a saying on this show for create a new tomorrow. We made this shit up. It, we could do better. Instead of going against a system, let's just build something better that people will want to flock towards, right? Absolutely. So, so how do we do that? And I, I know this goes a bit against the narrative that, that you talk about a lot. So I just, and I, and I don't mind being a little controversial here. So I just want to have these conversations so that they're real, so that people aren't going, oh, that's just a, a, a white Jew. Actually, I'm, I'm a Jewish Latino, but, <laughs> but um, you know, talking to somebody and, and placating. It, I don't yeah. want that to be this conversation. Absolutely. Well, I want to push back just a little bit because one of the things that we do know when when, when conquerors came in and they took over um, a land that, yes, slavery is, was nothing new. Here's the thing. When capitalism is involved in a system that um, then created what we know as chattel slavery in America, th there was a huge difference in that system of slavery. So that part, I want to make sure that folks understand that, yes, slavery happened all over this world prior to the Europeans coming in, in during the time of exploration. Um, and so slavery, the concept um, was is, is years old. You know, you can find slavery in the in the Bible. Um, the difference at this point uh, was we are now going to make money and profit off of the use of free labor. And so chattel slavery and that forced labor um, was just a little bit different. So if you were to do something, if you were to make a call out, a shout out to the world right now and say, this is going to be the most effective thing that you can do in this re in this context of what we've been talking about to create a new tomorrow today and activate your vision for a better world, what would it be? Oh, it would definitely to be listen more and talk less. Um, it would be, so that would be the first thing. The second thing that I would ask people to do is to do a self-examination um, of where they can leverage their privilege to help others. Um, and then three, get connected with other people in community. Um, I think when we listen, we learn so much about one another, right? We can't fall back on the excuse of, I didn't know, or I didn't see that, or, you know, um, hold on one second. Um, I think that, you know, listening and then secondly, just leaning in 
it's a matter of being connected and that people being able to, Maya Angelou had this saying, and, and I'm not going to quote her exactly because I don't remember the quote exactly, but she said something along the line, people will remember how you made them feel, not necessarily what you said to them. And that's that visceral, that's our body taking over what that experience is. So think of it in this way that I might not remember what someone particularly did to harm me, but when I see them, my body is going to say, oh, uh, no danger, right? Because I didn't know and I can't remember all of the details, but I have to be able to rely on that body, that visceral respect re response. Yes, please. Um, that your body is telling you something something's going on there and we have to respect that something happened and that's our body's way of fighting off danger and so i i, I just think that it's it we're in, at this precarious place you know in the world where we have to listen and that will do us more good like ha having this conversation um I'm sure hearing a person, you know, of color like myself, a very strong and confident, affirmed, unapologetic. Some people say that I'm unflinching and that I'm fearless. Um, and I look at my ancestors and I look at women who came before me and I say, I can't be afraid because they weren't afraid, right? Like I don't understand the fear. So I just go. I can remember asking my mom and my grandma when I was in college, um, to describe stress. And both of their responses were black women don't have the luxury of, of processing stress. When a problem arises, we attack the problem and then hopefully we get an opportunity to breathe. But there are no guarantees that you'll get an opportunity to breathe. So just know that another problem is coming. And so I had to think about that as a young adult, like, are you setting me up for failure? to believe that I shouldn't value my life in a sense to take a step back and be able to create boundaries for myself. And so that's part of listening to, right? Listening to what our body is telling us, not just listening to others. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't listen to others and to who we are as individuals. Sonia, I, I really appreciate you coming on here and, uh, and having this very candid discussion with me. I know I push back a little bit on you, but uh, I, I do that because oh, I want people to see that we can disagree, agree, have discussions and debates and have it be civil, have it be intellectual, have it be emotionally um, high in the EQ versus emotionally low in the EQ. And, uh, and so and that we can have discussions that do move people forward. So thank you so much. And, uh, and that is going to be another edition of Create a New Tomorrow, where we are constantly activating our vision for a better world. And just remember, you know, we made all this shit up. We can do better. And the systems that we have that are designed, like if we just repair, like you talk about reparations, if we just repair yeah. the systems and optimize them to more effective systems. We are doing so much in that level of repairing the divide between us 
and the equity in results and outcomes. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And have a good day, everybody. We're creating a new tomorrow.